It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bible, I hope you do. Turn to the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. The Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. Put you a bookmark there where we're going to be in 15 and 16. But put you a bookmark there because we will be going elsewhere. Now, while, while you're turning there, I think that I speak for everyone here today when I say that each and every one of us knows and understands fully what loss is. Now, whether it's the loss of a parent or the loss of a spouse or the loss of a child or a loss of a friend that's dear and dear to us because they move away, they have to relocate. We know the pain of losing someone that is very near and dear to each one of us. Some, someone that has uh, or is very meaningful in our life. And this story that we're going to look at today or this scripture that we're going to look at today describes such a loss for the disciples. Now, Jesus had become very important to the disciples. I'm talking about Jesus' hand-picked 12 guys. He had became their guide. He, he had become their hope. He had became their Lord. And when he explained to them that he was going to leave them, we get the feeling that the disciples became very confused. They uh, stressed out, you might say, uh, uh, because of him going away. Because they had finally found their one who they believed was God's son, the true Messiah. So how were they going to go on without him? How were they going to carry on without him being there to guide them, to direct them, to help them? But Jesus told them, he, he told them that he was not going to leave them alone. He would send his Holy Spirit to be with them. And here's what I want you to realize today. Jesus also made that promise to each one of us. He promised his handpicked guys, I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you alone. And that's a promise to us as well. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to us, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, so we are not alone. He won't leave us alone. So today I'm going to be using John 15, John 16 for this message about being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Now, y'all y'all have to think back here because it hasn't been that long ago. I did a lot of uh, uh, sermons out of the Gospel of John. And, and we started when Jesus had his last supper with his disciples and we kind of moved on from there. Well, kind of think back on that because before he died, he shared that, that final Passover meal with his disciples in the upstairs room in Jerusalem. And Jesus already knew when, when he was having supper with his disciples, he already knew that in just a few hours... He was going to be arrested. 
He knew that he was going to be tried. He knew he was going to be uh, beaten. And he knew he was going to be crucified. But he also knew that when that transpired, that his disciples would be scattered like sheep on a windy day. That, that they would be confused. That they would be scared to death. So as they finished that Passover meal, Jesus began to, to uh, have what some called His farewell address to His uh, 12 hand-picked guys. Now, of, of the many things that Jesus wanted to tell them that night, there is one very significant thing that, that stands out to me. There was one thing that was a very touching moment when he told them that he was leaving. Now, we'll talk more about that as we go through this sermon today. But he literally told them, he said, little children, I am with you a little while longer. And from that, we're going to have our background for where we're going to start today. So I want you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, the 15th chapter. And uh, I'm going to begin reading in verse 15, I mean uh, 26, I'm sorry. 15th chapter, verse 26. Now in my Bible, this is all in red, so this is Jesus speaking. But when the... But when the Comforter is come, or the Helper is come, who I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witnesses, because we have been, because ye, ye have been with me from the beginning. Now let me just stop right there for a few minutes. And let me visit with you today about being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Being convicted by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the confusion that the disciples had when Jesus said this. You know, one by one, He had told them He was going away. And he also told them in the verses that we just read, I'm going to send you a comforter. Now, you, they, they began to ask questions. In other words, they were trying to understand what Jesus was trying to tell them. And John recorded a lot of those questions uh, from several of the disciples and the answer, the tender answers that, that Jesus provided for them. But despite of the fear, despite the uncertainty of the circumstance that he, you know, he, he no doubt saw the fear in their eyes when he said, I'm going away. So Jesus told them, he said, I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm not going to leave you alone. So as, as we, you know, so what he did, he began to teach them about the Holy Spirit and His work. And He said that the Holy Spirit would come from the Father and be with them. Now, just as Jesus promised them that the Holy Spirit would come to, to His disciples, 
Jesus also sends that same Holy Spirit to indwell each one of us. And I am not sure that we realize just how important that is. I'm not sure we realize what a wonderful thing that is. The Holy Spirit, folks, is God's presence in each one of us. Now, I want you and I want you to think about this. How often do you talk about the Holy Spirit? How often do you talk about the Spirit of God dwelling in you? You know, we can talk about God all day long. We can talk about how God, how good God is, what what God has done for us. We can talk about Jesus, how Jesus was right there for us through thick and thin, never let us down. But how often do we say or talk about the Holy Spirit of God? About the Spirit that indwells each one of us. Now, you see, once Jesus left this earth, He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. The Holy Spirit is now our counselor. He, he is the one that, that offers us comfort. He is the one that offers us help. And Jesus wanted His disciples to know beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt today that He was sending the Holy Spirit to be with them and He sent it to be with you. And you need to realize that. And, and, and I want you to look there in those two verses, verse 26 and 27, because Jesus used two phrases to describe the Holy Spirit. First, He used that word counselor or comforter. Now, the, the role of the Holy Spirit is to be present with each one of us, those who belong to Jesus. Now, if you use the Greek word, Joe boy, you may have to help me here for the Holy Spirit is parakletos, something like that. Parakletos is, is a whole. And, and the reason I'm, you say, well, what are you trying to use them big old fancy Greek words? Well, I want you to understand what that Greek word means, what the Holy Spirit is. It literally means one called to assist another or an advocate or one that pleads for another. It is that same Holy Spirit that will walk with us, that will comfort us, that will guide us, that will direct us, that will provide the help that we need. So that's the reason why I'm making such a big deal out of it. Now, the second phrase that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit was he called him the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. Now, a key role of the Holy Spirit is to give testimony of the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, if this is your homework assignment, if you go back in, in the Gospel of John to the fifth chapter, verses 31 through 39, you will see there that Jesus identified six witnesses who testified about him as the Messiah. Now, I'm giving that to y'all as your homework assignment. Y'all can read just as well as I can. And, and uh, the thing is, I want you to see that, that the Holy Spirit would continue to testify to the truth of, of Jesus to the disciples, to the world, is what, what I want you to see. The Holy Spirit is God. 
He is the third person in the Trinity. Jesus, you know, he is equal with God the Father and God the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So let me say that again, that as a member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. So Jesus said in verse 26 that the Holy Spirit will be the one that I will send you from the Father. So that is a clear picture of the Holy Trinity right there. That, that's what that is. And so I want you to see that God is one God who exists in three persons. Now, you may ask, does the Holy Spirit come from the Father, God, or does he come from the Son? Yes, both of those are accurate. Both of those are, are accurate. He is the third person of the Holy Trinity. So the Holy Spirit comes from God the Father and God the Son. Now, if you flip back to the previous chapter, chapter 14, if you flip back real quick, I'm not going to read this, but in verse 16, Jesus said he would ask the Father. Y'all got it? 14, 16? Jesus said that he would ask the Father to send another counselor, which refers to the same kind. In other words, Jesus would send someone just like himself. Are y'all with me here? Yeah. Okay, just like himself. So the Holy Spirit dwells in believers today. The Holy Spirit is God's presence with us. You know, we might feel alone at some times, but how many times have you heard me say right here from this pulpit that Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Yes, Jesus is gone. He's at the right hand of God, but he sent the Holy Spirit to be with you. So you are not walking alone. Now, He's always present. He's present with us in the person of this counselor. He is present with us through the Holy Spirit. So here let's talk for a few minutes about the presence of the Holy Spirit. I want you all to turn now to the 16th chapter. The 16th chapter of John. Don't forget to put your bookmark there. <clears throat> I want you to look in verse 7. Nevertheless, here again, this is in red in my Bible, Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. That word expedient means advantageous for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, helper, advocate will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now let me, let me stop right there for just a second. Now, if you go back to the first few verses of chapter 16, I didn't read them. Y'all can read as good as I can. But you will see that Jesus explained to his disciples how hard their life was going to become after he was gone, after he was crucified, you know, and went on. So it probably, now think about this, it probably really 
confused the disciples when Jesus told him that once he leaves, it would be to their benefit for them. Now, I want you to think about that. Here Jesus is saying, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here. But it's going to be advantageous for you if I do. And they're sitting there thinking, really? Because He's just told them how difficult their life was going to be. Now, think about this. These guys had completely sold out to Jesus. You think about that. They left their, they, they left their fishing boats. They left their houses. They left their families. They left their friends. One of them even left his tax booth to, to follow Jesus. So they completely sold out to Jesus. Everything they had. How on earth could his absence be advantageous or to their advantage, especially if they were going to face these hardships that he just told them they were going to, to be involved in? Now you think about that. You know, we now know that the disciples at that time didn't understand the benefit would come in the presence of the Holy Spirit since the Spirit would be with them in a way that Jesus had not been. Now you're saying, now how is that possible? Do you remember when Jesus was on this earth doing His thing? He was just like you and me. He was a human being. Agree? Now, how many of y'all can be in three places at one time? How many of you try to be in three places at one time? We all try to do that. When Jesus was on this earth doing His public ministry, it didn't matter how hard He tried. He could only be one place at a time. But now that He's going away and the Spirit comes in, you see the Spirit is not affected by time. He's not affected by place, so He can be everywhere all the time. That's the difference between the Spirit that He would send and Jesus Himself when He was here. There he is. So, so, you know, the Holy Spirit is different. He, he moves and works all over the world without any concern for time or place to accomplish God's work. And in all this... We should take comfort in that. You know, when, when Jesus was here earthly, you know, Ted could stand up and say, well, why is Jesus always with you, Pastor? He never spends no time with me. Well, now that Jesus is gone and the Spirit's there, He, can't, he don't have that gripe no more. Because He's got the same Spirit that I've got. He's present with Him just like He is with me. So the truth that the Holy Spirit is always with us, helping us know God's will and to accomplish His work that He has for each one of us to do. Now, you may be sitting there going, okay, how does that affect our lives? How does that apply to the lives we live? Alright, I'm going to go out a limb here and I'm going to take my saw with me. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I would bet that everyone in this room 
is going through something right now in their life. Now, now some of us may be just going through some itty-bitty little something that don't amount to much, but some of us may be looking at something that's a whole lot bigger. But every one of us is, is, is facing some sort of challenging situation that you're currently dealing with right now. What God is asking us to do is to thank God for the presence of the Holy Spirit that will provide that daily guidance, that will provide that daily comfort, that will provide that help that we need wherever we are, whatever we're involved in. All right, let's continue. Look in verse 8 of chapter 16. Verse 8. And when he and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, convict the world of sin. Look for three things. Convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world or the ruler of this world is judged. Let me stop right there. Now, in these three verses, Jesus is describing the convicting work of the Holy Spirit that He was going to send. And we see that convicting work in three different ways. The Spirit first convicts us of sin. Now, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to see, that helps us to understand the evilness in our own hearts. You know, only the, only the Holy Spirit can convict us of the, the faithlessness which leads to our sinful behavior. Now, Jesus says that the Spirit convicts us of righteousness. When Jesus said that, Jesus is talking about His own righteousness there. So, the Holy Spirit convicts us of how righteous Jesus is. Matter of fact, if you look in verse 10, Jesus tried to tie the, the, uh, uh, the conviction of righteousness to the fact that He was returning to His Father. And now, let me explain that to you here just real quick. Jesus referred Jesus returning to his father. He, he returned to his place of honor, which is at the right hand of God. All right. Now, when when he did that, that shows us that he is completely pure, that he is completely holy, that he is completely righteous. So Jesus is so perfectly righteous that everything we say, everything that, that, you know, every deed that we do is measured against His righteousness. And if we compare ourselves to Jesus' right, righteousness, our guilt becomes quite evident that, that we are convicted of His righteousness. In other words, we know we fall way short. Jesus also says in verse 11 that the Spirit convicts us of, of judgment. When we see our sin, 
in contrast to, to his righteousness, the righteousness of, of God, then we realize how guilty and how sinful each one of us are. You know, it, it's clear that we deserve judgment. It, it's a lot like the prophet Isaiah. You know, Isaiah, when he came into the presence of God and he started comparing himself to God's righteousness, he realized how guilty and how sinful he was. Let, let's just go read that. We ain't got no place else to be. Go to Isaiah 6. I told you put your bookmark there. Go to Isaiah 6. I want you to look in verse 5. Isaiah 6, verse 5. Amen, we got it. Isaiah 6, 5. Then said I, woe is for me, for I am undone. That word undone means destroyed. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, having seen God in His full glory, in His full holiness, Isaiah, what does he say? He says, woe unto me. Woe unto myself. That, that, that was a legal charge, meaning ruined or, 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 or dead. His self-evaluation is, I'm coming undone here. I, I, I don't have a chance. So what I want you to see about this with Isaiah was God cleansed Isaiah. He, he cleansed him from top to bottom. And in response to this cleansing, Isaiah submitted himself entirely to God's service. No matter how difficult the task would be, Isaiah said what? Here I am, send me. That's what he said. Now, let me interject something here. You know, being a pastor, a lot of times I get to visit with a lot of individuals, a lot of different individuals. A lot of times, you know, I, I, I visit with people and they tell me things in the strictness of confidence. And that's just part of being being a pastor. You just have to sometimes listen to people and, and they have to spill their guts and, and tell you some things that just make your old hide kind of cringe. But it's just part of being a pastor. And, and it's something that you are not allowed to go out and share with anybody. But I have seen people, Joe Boy, you'll know this. I have seen people that the Holy Spirit gets a hold of and it starts convicting them of their sin. And, and, and as they sit there and they pour their grief out and, and tell you some things that just is absolutely astonishing, you know, they, they are so uh, much under conviction, they are so ashamed of what they have done that they can't even look you in the eye. But here's the thing. You think, well, I'm not like that, are you? Every one of us has got skeletons in our closet. Every one of us, 
has got things that we hope no one on God's green earth ever finds out about. And that's just the way it is. But here's what I want you to understand. You see, the Holy Spirit convicts us and shows us the errors of our ways. He helps us realize the errors that we have, have made. And here's the thing. Many times, many times individuals felt that because of what they'd done, God did not want anything to do with them. And that is absolutely not true. It is not. There is no sin so big that God can't forgive it. So the beauty of it, and this is what I want you to see. The beauty of it is, is that the Spirit of God does not leave us in that condition. We, we all need to realize that once we are convicted by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is moving within us Jesus forgives us. You know, the thing that drives me crazy as a pastor, I have come home before and I have sat in my pickup and I've nearly beaten a stern wheel off of that thing. And I'll get out of the pickup and I'll come walking in the house and Lori goes, what's wrong with you? And I said, God wants me to do something and I don't know what it is. And there is no doubt in my mind, no doubt that if the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, I guarantee you, you're going to know it. Amen. And it drives me crazy. But I imagine it's just Him saying, you just be ready. You be ready. I'll open the door. And you be ready. But anyway, here we, we, we realize and we're convicted by the Holy Spirit. We need to realize that we can be forgiven. And at this time, you know, a lot of people are trying to run from God because of what they've done. They're running, thinking, I've done something so bad. I'm, I'm running from God, you know, so, so that we can, uh, 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 you know, running away from God. And, and, and what they need to do is the whole time, God is just simply sitting there waiting to restore us. Folks, the Holy Spirit don't convict us so we can remain in sin. That's not the object. He convicts us so that we can feel the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So let me tell you this. If you get nothing else from this sermon today, get this. Folks, if there is a sin in your past, that is just eating you up, eating your sacrilege. You think so big, so bad, God can't forgive it. It's bothering you. That is the Holy Spirit convicting you right now at this time of that sin. God wants you to know that all you have to do is ask Him for forgiveness and cleansing. That's what Isaiah did. He asked God to cleanse me. And the Bible tells us that if we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Alright, let's go on. Verse 
Look in, in verse 12. Chapter 6, verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself or on His own authority. But whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine or what is, what is Mine, and shall show it or declare it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now, that's kind of deep right there. So let me try to explain this passage to you. Jesus had been explaining a lot of things to his disciples. He had been telling them a, a, a lot of things. But he knew they couldn't understand all that he wanted them to know. And Jesus wanted his disciples to understand how the Holy Spirit would benefit them. So, so what he does, he explained a few different ways that the Spirit would work. In other words, given a clearer picture of what the disciples could expect. Now, the first thing he wanted them to see is this, and it's what I want you to see today. The Spirit would lead them to a deeper truth related to Jesus' mission in this world. Now listen to me. You see, when Jesus left this earth, He sent the Spirit so that He would be with those disciples, He would be with us. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. Jesus said that He had many things He wanted to tell His disciples. But they couldn't, uh, He couldn't tell them right now. In other words, He was going to put them in overload if He did. So, so what He was saying or wanted to say, once He left, the Spirit of truth came. It would be the Holy Spirit that would guide them, that would direct them along life's way in all truth. Don't you see that it is the Holy Spirit that helps us grasp that deeper understanding of God's kingdom work? Now, something else that he wanted to tell him was Jesus continued and said that the Holy Spirit would only speak what he heard from God. Did y'all get that in those verses that we just read? In other words, he would not lead them or try to lead them to a different truth than what Jesus had already told them, shared with them. But he would continue to deepen their understanding of what they had been told. So, what I want you to see here, and this is the reason why I'm always telling you to be in the Word, because the more that we are in tune with God, you know, and the Word of God, the more the Holy Spirit within us 
helps us understand or deepen our understanding of why God is trying to accomplish what He's trying to accomplish through us. Have I lost y'all? Listen to me. Never, ever, if I live to be 150, will I understand why God called me to preach. I will not. Of all the people on the face of the earth, why did He point His finger at that country boy from Salt Gap, Texas? The harvest is plentiful. There's a reason. There was a reason. Because there was work for this guy to accomplish. Just like there's work for each one of you to accomplish. I go back to your vacation Bible school. Do you realize you might be the only Bible somebody reads? Amen. Mm -hmm. In other words, what I'm saying, you may be the very one that can reach that one person that nobody on the face of the earth can reach. So we need a deeper understanding of what God's work is that He wants to accomplish through us. How do we get that? Through the Holy Spirit. So in all this, we see that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. And just as He did with the disciples, the Holy Spirit still guides believers today. Helps us understand Jesus. His mission to reach this lost world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here again, the Holy Spirit only speaks what He's been told. Only what He hears from God. He doesn't contradict the Word of God. But He guides us to understand that Word. And here's the thing. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, if you don't get anything else, get this today. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, we will not go wrong. If, 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 we, if, if we listen to our own hearts, we will not go wrong. The Holy Spirit is literally God in us. So, so when you're out doing your own thing, you're just going about your daily business and all of a sudden you feel that something. That's the Spirit of God. That's what it is. And, and, and you know, it begins, things begin to bother you. You know, that's the Spirit of God convicting you of the truth. I have people walk up to me all the time after I preach and they say, man, you sure know how to get into my business. Or man, you know how to walk all over my toes. That's not me. That's the Spirit of God. You know. Don't ever think it's me. Because it's not. That is the Spirit of God trying to give you that deeper understanding, convicting you of whatever is going on with you. So, you know, you will never go wrong, as said before, by following your heart. Why do I say that? Because your heart's led by the Holy Spirit. 
If you're sitting here today and you say, I have never felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you this. Maybe it's time you get in closer touch with God. You get in tune with God. Open yourself up. Open yourself up. And don't be scared. You know, I, I could have given a thousand excuses when I was called into the ministry. Wasn't going to work because God wanted me there. The same thing when the Spirit starts convicting you. You open yourself up and God says, I want to use you in a particular way. Don't be scared. If God wants to use you in a particular way, He will provide the way. So we just need to get in better connection with God through the Son, Jesus Christ. So we need to know Him personally. And we need to listen to Him. And we need to allow Him to do what He does, which is guide us and help us and direct us. In other words, we need to know Him in a personal way. And just let Him speak to each one of us. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank You for loving us, Father. We just thank You for this time that we've had here today studying Your Word, Father. Father, we hear, we, we worship You. We give You all the glory and honor and praise. And Father, I just thank You for loving us. I thank You for the indwelling of Your Spirit, Father. And just make us aware and, and make us understand that Your presence is with us everywhere all the time. And we can rely on that to help us through. Father, just thank You for loving us. Father, we just ask that You forgive each one of us where we fail You. Father, I, I just pray for each one here today. I ask a blessing on each one here today. If anyone is struggling with anything here today, Father, just convict them of it. Convict them. Let Your Spirit move in them right now, Father, and help them realize that there is forgiveness waiting. Father, just, just guide us and direct us. Continue to protect us in this very challenging time we live. And Father, we just ask that, that You go with us and keep us safe and that we will point people to, to Christ. We will point people to Your love and grace. Father, I just pray for those that are not with us. I pray for the folks that we have on our prayer list. Again, thank you so much for the rain. We ask you bless us with some more rain, Father. And we just thank you for this service today. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.